Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Welcome into this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. That's the seven and three at the time of this recording, Washington Wizards. Honestly, I can't believe we're saying that. They're so good right now. And keeping in that spirit, today's entire episode will be based on fan overreactions, myself included in that. So uh, stay tuned for that one. I think there's some fun stuff we're going to be able to talk about. But as always, let's kind of get a word from our sponsor before we start the episode here. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, you name it, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, we got my boy Matt Vizana here with me to get into these Wizards fan overreactions. So uh, these are things that I asked for on Twitter of just what are the craziest overreactions that people could come up with based on what they've seen through 10 games of the Wizards season. So Matt, let's just dive right into these. A couple of these you know, are slight variations on the same thing. We got Laser Machine on Twitter said the Wizards will make an Eastern Conference Finals this year. Wizard okay. Series said that they will be raising a championship banner on opening night next year. Dat2U said that Wes Unsell Jr. will win a title here eventually. And Nathan Rogers said that this team will be a top three seed if they continue with this type of play. So he caveated a little bit there. That's hedging, Nathan. Come on, man. But we'll just stick with the this will be a top three seed part. So, uh, Matt, I will give you first uh, dibs here. Is this a championship caliber team? Well, the last part that he mentioned, if they keep doing what they're doing, of course, they will be a top three team, <laughs> three team, right? I mean, that's just kind of mathematics. If you win 70% Eventually. of your games, you will be pretty, gonna good. Do pretty well. <laughs> You're going to do pretty well. All right. Well, yeah, hedging his bets there. Championship team, uh, not this year. Uh, I mean, it's the Wizards, right? I mean, it might. Not in our I, lifetime, probably. Not in our, yeah. I mean, we'll be, you know, the, the, uh, world will be dead and gone before that happens. But I, I will say that they are, I mean, they are fun to watch. I love this team for the first time in a very long time. I really love this team. I think, look, I'm the guy who told you 47 wins after three games. You were much more bullish than I was. <laughs> I will fully admit I did, that. I did not say this in public, of course, but looking at who they've beaten so far and how they've done it and not even having their full complement of players, Rui, for instance, who knows? Um, 
you know, that's a, a massive loss. I just think that Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, I'm looking at the teams that they beat. I know it's early on, and I just don't see as if you're going through the list of the Sixers, the Heat, the Nets, that's a big one there, of course, with Kyrie. Who knows what will happen there? The other teams in the East are not that much better than the Wizards from top to bottom. Now, my only concern is that they have a deep team, which we talked about in the last show. They're going to have a better, hypothetically speaking, have a better record through the regular season. Exactly. But when the playoffs happen, Does that that's when the stars come out, yeah. right? Will it translate? Exactly. Will Beal fumble around the ball the last two minutes of the game and give it back? Five Why minutes? can't he dribble when anyone puts any amount of pressure on him to close a game out? It's like his handles have gotten worse. I, I don't. It's like he's back to like year two Beal when he was a spot up shooter. I, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Regardless of that, um, you know, Beal is not a upper echelon everything. Uh, he upper echelon score. Absolutely. His defense is significantly improved this year but in order to get to a championship level i i still think they need to add a, a another top a top five player not because bill is not a top five player and that's they got the trade pieces to do it potentially but who's going to give that up i don't know yeah i would go wing like an elite wing i don't know if you could win like a championship if kcp is your starting three yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Rui. Can he and Kuzma really play together? Kuzma should not be a three. Uh, Kispert's <laughs> right. not ready. I, I see Denny being best suited to be a four realistically, and I think that backup role suits him perfectly. So, you know, that that's where I would try to consolidate some of these guys. If I were going to go that route, you know, maybe you play this out for a year and then you see what you can do in the offseason or maybe somebody panics at the trade deadline. But just for a little bit of uh, perspective, I think, you know, we got the one comment about being a top three seed. They are fourth in the standings right now behind these uh, eight and two 76ers. And then they're tied with the Heat and Nets uh, at seven and three, followed by the Bulls at six and three and the Cavs at seven and four. I know everybody loves the Bulls. It's like a trendy thing. They're tiny, like losing mm. Patrick Williams is big. Uh, pardon the pun, I guess they're tiny is big. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> The Cavs, I don't think they can maintain seven and four, although I think they're like pretty good. Um, so yeah, to me, I mean, that's Sixers, Heat, Nets, Bucks. Like the Bucks will be in the top four contention when that comes around. I think all those teams are probably better than the Wizards still, but it doesn't mean that I don't think, you know, the Wizards could beat one of them. Can they beat all of them on their way to an uh, NBA finals? Like, I don't see that, but no. just, just following that up, the Wizards are top 10 in, are you ready for this? One record points, points allowed, rebounds, blocks, threes, offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, field goal percentage defense, three point percentage defense. Top 10 in all of those things. That's, that has never happened in our in our <laughs> lifetime. I, I haven't checked the math there, but I can guarantee you that that's true. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, they are. You may have mentioned this. You went through a lot of stats there, but they are the top defending team when it comes to three-pointers. Yep. And you may have mentioned that. It was that, one of the things bar I buried that. It was the last one I, I went for. That That's the most mind-boggling stat that we will ever see as Wizards fans. I, um, I mean, we it, it's it's shocking. Now, I've seen a couple games that there's been some wide-open looks that teams are missing. 
That Celtics um, game, especially that like, Celtics game, they break to everything. <laughs> I mean, they literally were like zero for like thirty-five <laughs> or something. It was rough. So that's going to put you at the top pretty quickly. Just that game alone, when you're we've only played ten. But if we're thinking about it realistically, I mean, how they handled Milwaukee. I mean, they they're getting out there. Brad Bradley Beal's even running out towards three-point range. He's 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 pushing them off the three-point line. Um, is this sustainable? I I don't know. We'll see. Um, I do. I will say that. The first few games, Kuzma looked like an all-star. He's kind of coming back to earth. He was good again uh, last night. No, no, he did. He absolutely did. He looked good last night, but that was good to see because I was mm-hmm. getting concerned that he was kind Same. of going back Same. to where he is. And, and, you know, and we probably are going to see more poor games out of him than than we did at the, earlier in the season, right? Um, KCP, uh, you know, he's... He's coming back to earth hard too, but he's such a great defender. Mm-hmm. Kuzma, I love his defensive abilities as well. He's got the length. Denny's coming out of nowhere playing defense. Um, wow. So, I mean, there's some good things that they can hang their hat on. My concern is that, you know, will KCP, will Kuzma, those kind of guys be able to uh, continue doing what they've been doing? And KCP has taken a, a huge drop. And one thing I will say about Kuzma and my brother, Noel, who we used to do the podcast together, we were arguing about who's better, KCP or Kuzma. Kuzma is awful going to the basket. I'm so, awful. He actually had one He had one layup in that game yesterday that surprised me. Um, and I was like, oh, surprised my God. Surprised the fin- defense, too, I think. <laughs> he finished. And, he's, and Noel's arguing. He's like, no, he's way better uh, than Kuzma going to the basket. I'm sorry. He's way better than KCP going to the basket. I'm like, I feel like he can control the ball. At least Kuzma looks like a baby deer out there sometimes. You know what I mean? He, he standing he out of three-point range. His <laughs> legs are too long for the rest of his body or something. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, uh, I, I guess my point with all that is, is that I, my concern is that we're they're going to become who we thought they were eventually. And especially in the playoffs. I mean, that is definitely going to happen, but their defense is going to go away. So that's something we can hang our hat on. I'm going to go wildly the other direction here because it is the overreactions pod and just say they're actually better than they've played so far through 10 games. This is them at seven and three without making shit from their perimeter. Uh, The Bucks were fourth going into that game in opponents, three point percentage. And the Wizards made 11 of 27 last night. It's 41%. They do that for the rest of the year, as opposed to like the 30% they're shooting. So far, I mean, I, I just, that's a really hard team to guard. And they won that game last night. Uh, the Bucks out-rebounded them 49 to 42. Mm-hmm. The Wizards had 19 turnovers. The Bucks had 12. The Bucks took 18 free throws to the Wizards 13. The Bucks had 94 shot attempts. The Wizard had, Wizards had 81. And they still won that game. Like, you can give me all the, yeah, I know, but no Chris Middleton, no Brooke Lopez. Like, I don't give a shit. The Wizards are without people, too. Like, Gafford mm-hmm. is a little banged up. He almost didn't play last night because uh, he somehow got hurt in warm-ups, which is another story. But uh, Another yeah. baby deer, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ten, 10 guys scored and contributed. I, I got most, like, multiple games in the last couple, they've had, like, seven or eight-plus guys scoring double digits. Like, I just don't know how... Other teams match up with that two months from now. Like this team can lose two starters and still survive. Like a lot of teams can't do that. Like the Bucs didn't win that game because they were missing two pieces. Well, the Wizards were missing at least one piece and still won that game. And I think that's what's going to set them apart. To your point, I don't think that results in a championship, but 
you know, I'm a little more bullish than I, than I originally expected um, just based on, on this um, sort of regular season stretch. Like I think that can be a good seed. The question here I think is, is health. Like you can't lose Beal for very long Mm -hmm. um, and they need him to be the Beal we've seen the last two games. The, yeah, I might get 30, but it was like a really efficient 30. And I also had eight assists and I also had five rebounds and I also forced shot uh, shot clock violation on Grayson Allen, which Good. Screw that guy. Um, <laughs> he didn't even try to trip Brad after, so that's a win. Yeah. So I don't know. Let, let's sort of segue that one into our second uh, overreaction here. This is the best group of defenders the Wizards have ever had on one team. And I'm ever? I gotta, like ever, forever, ever. Okay. And I'm 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 taking that as just Wizards. Like I don't care about the bullets because I wasn't alive to see them be meaningful. So I've heard they were good. I don't I've know. Heard, I've heard good things. Uh, <laughs> Let's exclude the championship team, which again, I don't even know if that was that deep a group, but um, I'll, I'll let some, one of the elder statesmen listening to this, correct me if that's wrong there. And they were like somehow 12 deep, but uh, just for a little perspective, they guarded Giannis last night. Kuzma held him to nine points on four of seven shooting. Gafford held him to three points on one of four and, and pinned him off the glass at one point. Harrell held him to two points on one of three shooting. And he was five of 10 against Denny Avdia. And I think anyone who actually watched that game would say Denny guarded him as well as any of those guys. And that's why I think some of these stats are stupid. If you don't have like the actual, I watched the game context. Then he also forced three turnovers and, and he, West, made tra- he, made, he made him travel, which was exactly I mean, amazing timing, by the way. And held I mean, his ground. Kind of but, yeah. but another time like Giannis like bulldozed through him and just like, you know, he still scored anyway, but it was like really good defense. And yeah. that's what Wes apparently told him was like, look, man, it doesn't matter if he scores, like you still played good D. That's all you can do. And uh, Denny like last it, year would have had four fouls in the first three minutes. Of he would have walked him. onto the court, tied his shoes and somehow <laughs> been whistled for a foul. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an overreaction. I'm thinking back and I mean, the Gilbert teams, come on. I mean, they had three guys that played defense. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking strictly Wizards, I guess uh, Chris Webber team for a little bit. I mean, was okay. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? Actually, no, no, no. The Jordan team, which was the, the first year that he came back. Um, and people like to forget that, but it, it, it did happen. The real last dance. Yeah, the last, last dance, mm-hmm. we called it. Go. Thank you. That we have an episode on there that. There you go. Um, <laughs> it was, he brought one of the worst teams their def- defensive efficiency wise the prior year, which essentially the same team brought them to uh, a top five defensive team. Now, is it, did it have the best defenders on it? I guess that's the question. Still had Rip uh, Hamilton. And at no Rip. point during his Wizards tenure was Rip Hamilton, even a respectable defender. Well, they were just all scared shitless of Jordan. So they put, yeah. worked their asses off <laughs> just so they wouldn't get castrated or whatever. But, you know, I, I would say that's not an overreaction. Um, a 38 year old Jordan and his squad versus this. I mean, the, the length that this team has the, and one thing, let me go back for a second. The one thing that is really being underrated right now, we're talking about overrated or whatever the title you're using here. Yeah, overreacting. There you go. Overreactive. Yeah. Same thing. The, the way the NBA is being called now yeah. is falling right into the wizard's lap and is working out really well for them specifically. They don't have any of those Steph Curry types that push their way in and and those bullshit fouls. Even if you play great defense, it looks like the NBA is starting to value defense again. It it, it, it it. felt, 
yeah, it fell off the rails, uh, you know, 140 to 138 regular, not even going into overtime games. This is how the NBA should. And this is beautiful to watch. And it, it, it actually go, it falls into the Wizards advantage because of the length that they have. And they don't have any real guys that pull that bullshit. And the depth. If someone is in foul yeah. trouble, you just rotate the next three guys. Right. And depth, too. You're right. And they've got length everywhere. They've got a lot of guys that can play multiple positions, and that helps. But just watching the NBA today compared to just last year, it's such a breath of fresh air. And, you know, people younger than us, I'm older than you, but people that are younger don't only remember, you know, this shitty game, the shitty playing of how the NBA was. It was so offensive focused. Now they're giving a little bit back to the defense, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Well, they said, like, we can't have playoff games where Indiana beats Detroit 79 to 72, and that's your final score. And the their overreaction was, that needs to be our halftime score of every game, is 72 <laughs> right. to 74. Let's like, go the complete opposite way. Yeah, like, oh, weird. There's like a healthy middle ground where, yes, you can't steer a guy with your hands defensively, but also, every time you look at them weird, it shouldn't be a flagrant foul. So I, I love this. I think that it's beautiful to watch. And yeah. then like a perfect example, it actually happened to the Wizards when KCP, I think it was in the last game, he looked like he had an N1, mm-hmm. which would have been any other year would have they would have called that as, as an N1, but they called it on the floor. Yep. That they're actually giving a little bit to the defense. I'm not saying they're giving all of it, but it's it's a much better game to watch. And and these guys are able to actually touch each other now. Ironically, and it, it while we're still in COVID, you know, which is kind of funny, but was, that opens up a whole nother can of worms with certain people on this team. Wizards, by the way, I'm yeah. pretty sure have four guys that are unvaccinated. I'll let you all guess who the four are, but that's we the latest one is for sure. That's, yeah, that's the latest rumor. Ru, Rui is a guaranteed number two. Um, I'm yeah. sort of on the fence about who the other two are. But anyway, I, I wouldn't even begin to guess. But, um, you know, hey, they teach their own, right? I cares. At this point, it, COVID's over. That's we exactly. We've canceled COVID. <laughs> Cancel culture has canceled COVID. It's a, it's an NFL problem now. Take that, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. Uh, I think Brad summed this up very well to your point in that Raptors game where they dropped like a total deuce on the court in the middle of that game. <laughs> uh, he talked about how, yeah, he got fouled a little bit, but they found they found the Raptors too, and it didn't get called either way. So he can live with that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen Brad adjust a lot better over the last couple of games because to your point, he, he isn't reliant on like the Trey Young back up into somebody, but the Harden bullshit, you know, God, I mean, if you have to watch that one more time, I'm going to, you know, jump off a bridge. So it's, yeah, you're totally right. And I think that his game translates over a lot better to these adjusted rules mm-hmm. than those guys. Um, obviously they'll figure it out too, but they've been, you know, sure. it's, you know, it's like finding, uh, a glitch in Madden or something. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, I found this. I found a glitch. You do it every and, time. And and you can block a punt every single... Remember how that used to be like yep. in, in Genesis and PlayStation? Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the glitch fix that so you could block a punt every single time. That's pretty much what it was, but they let it go for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's absurd. And I'm thank God they fixed, fixed the glitch. Uh, and it, it's just a much easier game to watch. And it's, it's, it's kind of a throwback to the 90s now. I'm like, man, people are getting hit out there. They're not calling it. This is beautiful, you know? I have a friend that's sort of gravitated only to college basketball because he thinks it's just like better basketball. Even if the guys are worse offensively, they like at least try. Uh, but I was like, watch an NBA game. And I got a text in the middle of that last Wizards game that was like, whoa, like this is this is just better. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. know. 
Uh, so let- and, and I, I can admit from his from other people's sides as well that it was starting to get really awful, mm-hmm. yeah. awful to watch, you so know, and there's sorry. always a point of emphasis like with the refs every year, though, like this is the thing where, OK, this is a travel now or gather steps like th- there's always something that's the new. We're going to go really hard on this to start the year and then eventually soften as the season goes on or every time someone complains, they're getting attacked, right? That never lasts, you know, until like. But I, I feel like this is different. It has this, to. It has yeah, to. Th- this is a like a change in basketball as a whole. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's not like okay, well, he's moving his pivot put too quickly. That we're gonna we're gonna start to sure. wean off of that. This seems like they took a uh, a macro look at their game, and they're like, this is getting out of control. We need to pull this back. And I hope to God that it stays that way because it's really fun to watch. It's more in line with playoff basketball, too. Like you saw a lot of teams that were really good in the regular season get to the playoffs and then get smashed because they couldn't get to the hoop and people actually locked in and played some D and nobody was getting kind of the bogus calls. All right, let's uh, let's take that defense stuff and and transition into our next overreaction here. And it's pretty much the entire fan base uh, gave me this one. So I I was going to shout out some names on a couple of these. But, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you responded to that tweet, I had you know who you are. Uh, we got a lot of Denny Avdia is going to make an all defense team. Some said first, some said second, some kind of left it um, generic. I think we saw at least one. Uh, Denny is the second coming of Andre Karolinko, you know, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. And uh, I will say, yes, this is an overreaction, but if Denny could guard Giannis every single night, it would not be an overreaction because he owns Giannis. And he's Giannis's dad from now on. Is that what people still say? Stuff like that. I think that's uh, yeah, he's his, his bitch. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. his bitch. Yeah, Nailed it. Um, <laughs> do you buy Denny's defense? Is this a real thing? Uh, should we expect this from him from now on? I think that his, I mean, even outside of this game with against Giannis, he's played fantastic defense or whoever he's, I mean, I'm not saying he's fully locked down guys, but he is, he's scrappy as hell out there. He's, He's his his offensive performance isn't great right now. He can't finish rough. at the hoop. Yeah. It's been rough. And I think that he understands that. So he's like, well, I got to do something to stay out here. And it's very telling that Wes Unseld Jr., Wes Unseld Jr., sent him back out mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. It looked like Denny's night was over, right? He had I, who I believe they put Kuzma on him and then um, Kuzma for a while and then Gafford again for a while. Yeah. And then so it was maybe two plays. And then they, they and they sent him back out there. Mm-hmm. So obviously that speaks volumes about how he feels he can play defense against, you know, one of the best players in the league. Right. Uh, one of the most difficult covers in the league, unless he keeps shooting threes, which by all means, yeah, fire but away. Um, <laughs> fire away. to me, it's like, look, if his stats don't match it, it goes back to what we talked about before. Right. You have to do something very, very special as a wizard mm-hmm. to be considered for that kind of award, right? Defensive player of the year. His numbers have to be quantified to match the production, unless you got the committee or whoever the hell votes on this shit and, and, and is watching every single Wizards game and says, oh my God, Denny Avdia, he's unbelievable. But his numbers don't match up, which you know they're not doing because they're, they're the Wizards. So with that being said, it's an impossibility unless his numbers are just so much higher than other people's um, in front of him. 
Yeah. Like a defensive player of the year is like almost a lifetime achievement award too. Right. Like you need 10 years of being a really good defender before they'll even consider you for that pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, a second team maybe is not out of the question at some point. Again, I still think you need a track record of this, but he's also just like not going to get the minutes at any point. Yeah. Could he play stretches of all NBA, you know, level defense or, you know, first team, all defensive team level defense. Yeah, I think we saw it last night, and and I think he can do that again. Now, I think there are certain matchups that don't favor him as well. Like, as good as he is, I don't think you want him guarding somebody like a LeBron or somebody quicker and more, um, stronger, you know, ball- faster, yeah. that'll just ball over him. I mean, yeah, it, it's actually pretty amazing that, that Denny's as strong as he is. He doesn't look as strong as he is. I think that's you know, the so- biggest thing for him is, like, he's better as a wall-up, uses like uses positioning but the quickness is what i still kind of worry about against some of these people do i i think he's better as a four than a three him being a guy that's always come in his his objective only is to be a defensive stopper if he comes in for that and then our biggest hope is that the refs will actually have a reputation for him and they they won't call every foul that that he if he blows on a guy right you know so (laughs) That's a weird way to say it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, it, <laughs> if he barely touches them, I want him screw getting defensive player of the year. Just get a reputation with the refs so that you can do a little bit more, you know, get a little more handsy and really lock these guys down if that's what he's going to be. So he keeps doing what he did against Giannis. He's going to build that reputation up at the very least with the refs. You, you talked about like the rule change favoring people on the Wizards. And I think he's the guy most suited for that. Like they've sort of met him in the middle between the European league that he's used to, which is a, a, the Israeli league in particular is pretty physical. Mm -hmm. And, and now like we're a little closer to that. So the ticky tack stuff that were fouls last year, now it's good defense. And I think you can see him like being more confident about aggressively trying to body guys up and, you know, Wes Unseld commented on the uh, offensive struggles a little bit last night, but said, look, I told him as long as he plays defense like this, He's going to earn minutes. And I think some of the offensive stuff is just sort of mental at this point. Like as someone who, again, at a much lower level of Montgomery County League pickup basketball, I'm a <laughs> prolific uncontested layup misser. So I Are feel quali- I feel qualified <laughs> to speak to this. You miss a couple and then you're so worried about missing the next one because it's a bunny and you're embarrassed that you miss the next couple. And I think that's where he's at. I think it's the Ben Simmons thing from the perspective of he's such a bad foul shooter. He doesn't want to get fouled. Mm-hmm. So he's like doing all these like crazy contortions to try to score rather than just like, I'm going to bulldoze into Trey young and hope that I get free throws out of this. Like I'm going to like, I actually throw myself into Capella by mistake and get swatted. Like <laughs> you just see him like look kind of out of sorts. And, and I think that's, that's really what that is. Uh, well, it's, it's been said so many times, right, that this is more of a mental game. And it's yeah, true. You can play pickup basketball and it's you you miss a three, you miss a wide open layup. I mean, these are, you know, the top top of the end, you know, most athletic people on earth. But it still affects them, especially a guy like Denny, who is just, it's in his second year. If Beal misses some threes, he's not going to lose any confidence. But even him, it looks like he's. At, at some point in the career, it looks like at some point in this uh, season that he has lost some confidence in his three. And he's, we will get, you to know, that, by the way. 
yeah, we'll get to that. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's um, it affects everybody, regardless of your stature. And, you know, anybody who's played a pickup basketball game and you start bricking threes or airballing threes or you're like, shit, I was, it's embarrassing. Not the people I played with on Sunday. They had no <laughs> no shame about missing. Well, anyone with any conscience, three. I guess, you know, yeah, you I guess. Uh, I, I think some of this is the Scott Brooks hangover, too. Like he was notoriously short leashed with younger players. And last mm-hmm. year when Denny wasn't like a knockdown corner three point shooter, it was like, all right, go sit on the bench and, and you're, you know, you're useless to us. And now I think you're <laughs> starting to see like he looks around if he does something wrong and he doesn't get yanked and it's like, oh, OK. So I, I think over time that'll kind of course correct. I don't think he's ever going to be like, you know, the next James Harden offensively, but uh I, the Bolts Forever account tweeted out and said, you know, what's the realistic comp for Denny? And and you see everybody's loving things like Tony Kukoc and half the people who tweet that haven't even seen Tony Kukoc play, but that, that's fine. Um, yeah, well, I, he uh, he can't if he could ever shoot half as well as Tony Kukoc did, <laughs> it, it was it was able to we'd be in a really good spot. You know, well, it's almost as bad as Glenn Consort. Sorry, Glenn, um, saying <laughs> that his best comp was Danilo Gallinari. And no defense playing prolific shooter. So I mm. uh, didn't really get that one other than like a similar build, which which is fine. Um, that's like when Jalen Rose did the draft show and he compared every white guard to Bobby Sura. Like, you know, <laughs> just like, let's just make the laziest like physical. Comp. Well, they're but, white. They must be. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, my response to that was he's either hopefully a rich man's Kyle Anderson or a poor man's Ben Simmons, where like, he might get so bad in a playoff game offensively that you don't really know what to do with him. And that limits his impact, but you need him for the defense. He can push the ball again. I'm not saying he is Ben Simmons, especially because I don't think Denny would do all like the little bitch stuff that Simmons <laughs> is kind of doing, but right. um, you know, I, I thought Kyle Anderson is a fair one as a guy who can play a little three, four, but better suited as a four, a big dude plays at the like a different pace. And I think that mm-hmm. makes him like hard to guard. Um, you probably don't want him like, you know, dribbling through triple teams and stuff like that, but can he outrace a power forward to the basket? You know? Uh, yeah. So I, I think if he's that level guy, you've already got a good player. And if he's doing that in year two, imagine what he does in year five. To finish on Denny, I think the thing about him is he doesn't do anything particularly well sure. outside of, you know, playing Giannis, right? I got playing defense on Giannis. No, but I mean, like if we're thinking about it from a, a wider lens, right? He is, he can, he can drive the basket, but he doesn't finish all the time. Uh, But we know that that's going to change, right? I mean, the guys, he can finish at the basket. He's Mm -hmm. proven that he can, he's an okay three point shooter. I mean, when he wants to be, it's just like, what are you going to do with a guy like Bradley Beal? I mean, the only way that he would be able to really spread his wings is if he went to like some shit team that he was the guy and he has this, the skill set to do those things. But what do you do with him when you're when you're a complimentary player? You know what I mean? And I think that's what's difficult. Where to put him to be most successful. And I think him driving the basket is his best ability, mm-hmm. his ability to pass, his ability to do the, he has his great court vision. but you're he's not he's only gonna have so many opportunities because he is what he is you know he's always going to be kind of in that second tier player on any team unless he's on some rebuilding team that says gives him the keys which isn't going to happen i've seen a lot of people say things like well you know we don't need denny to be a really good shooter he can just go out there and play a lot of defense like well the problem with that in the nba is teams 
will totally abandon you in the playoffs and make you beat them if you are a non-threat offensively. And for Denny, you're not the quickest. You're not the most athletic. Like I'm not saying he's terrible in either of those departments, but those are not his fortes, right? If you can shoot, now somebody has to stay up on you and it's easier to get them on your hip and drive. Mm-hmm. Then once they've drive, you drive, like it's easier to use your vision and kick it out to someone. Like that's what basketball should be. Draw another defender, kick it out to somebody. Right. And he can actually do that for a bigger guy, but it's all predicated on, can you keep them honest enough from three that they actually have to do that? And he can't really so far, I don't think, but you know, he already looks more confident shooting this year. I think like a more normal kind of shooting pocket, it looks like, or at least more consistent. Um, He's got so- that little flick of the wrist thing that he does, you know? Yeah. And well, and, and luckily he had Scott Brooks last year, who's so great at developing young Savant. players. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, so thank God for that. So Whew. that's why we're seeing what we're seeing this year was thank, thanks Scott for always helping the young guys out. Honestly, I think Scott Brooks here as an overreaction should probably win coach of the year this year for the, you know, <laughs> all the things that the wizards team is currently doing. Cause he really laid the foundation. He really did. He really did. So I hope, he, I hope he gets some votes. Yeah. He, he knew he wasn't coming back. But he's like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, play the young players. Yeah. I'm going to not pull them too early. I'm going to, you know, ruin careers of some, but they're going to come out better on the other side for, for the next guy. And, and he did it. He did it. Thank you, Scott. You, you really, he took one for the team. He took he one for playing the, the long game. Yep. <laughs> All right, I can't even do that one with a straight face. Um, <laughs> the next one sticking with defense. It's weird to talk about a wizards team and have so many of the comments be focused on defense. That's just, not really a thing not in a positive way normally at least we're the uh, matrix right now i think yeah i know right <laughs> um gafford should be in the defensive player of the year race he is averaging 1.9 blocks uh i would say no to this one pretty emphatically one because he hasn't played uh in a couple of the games and two he still can't play more than 20 minutes a game he gets tired man what do you want from him he plays so hard he just gets tired no i get it um but he's good I mean, he's good. Like, I, I don't think he'll ever be that good. Uh, we talked about this in the preseason. Does he have a chance? I think he's the wizard that probably has the best chance at making one of those teams because they are typically kind of favorably, you know, viewing shot blocking centers for something like that. But because yeah, they're easy to point out, right? You know, you can it's see like what they do. You can yeah. see what they're doing. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's why quarterbacks always win. You know, most about MVP every year. For right, the, the most left part. tackle is not as easy to look at. Yeah, like, oh, it doesn't matter how it. good they are, right. but it, you know, it doesn't matter. They're not holding the ball every time. You know, so Gafford, you can see a difference when he's in there. Mm-hmm. He, it's not so much. He's not a. You know, he's not going to fill the stat sheets, but he is definitely causing fear for guys mm-hmm. going to the basket. Um, so I mean, shit, that, that's all you need. I mean, if he's if he's uh, what did he have? 10, 11 points and eight rebounds or something I think yesterday. Like, yeah, 11 and eight. Sandra. Yeah, 11 and eight. That's, but his defensive presence is what's really helping this team. So to be a defensive player of the year, I mean, you have to have crazy numbers, especially again, like I said, on the Wizards, you have to have astronomical numbers to be considered. But again, if same with Denny, if he's getting that reputation of being a shot blocker, being, a really good defensive player with those reps. That's all you need. Who cares about the awards? And then it's going to it's going to bring us further that way. I think the other thing that'll hurt him a little bit too, like last year he's like on off defensively was noticeable because everyone else was so bad. It took a huge dip. 
this year with like multiple competent people around him, it's not as glaring. And it's not like Montrez has actually been like as kind of bad defensively as I expected. Uh, so and a competent scheme. Let's not forget about yeah, that. Yeah, it's huge. They actually seem to know where they're supposed to be, which is, I, I mean, even if you took the team, the exact team from last year, and mm-hmm. you took them out of Scott Brooks's grasp of ineptitude, that's 10 more games won right there. Let I mean, you know what I mean? It's so, they've got a, a better team. I, I'd be interested to see what Wes Sunsell Jr. would have done with last year's team. Not that, I mean, they didn't have as much depth, they but you had Russell Westbrook. You, you, you had a little bit of a squad there. I guess my point is when you have such an inept person running the team and it's so painfully obvious, anything is an upgrade, yeah. right? So something so simple as to where to be on defense and in, in conjunction with the new role change, it's fallen right into their laps. And it's a good thing. I mean, one of the few times and I mean, it's not like the Wizards are the only beneficiary of these rule changes, but I think with their focus on defense, with uh, the length that they have, it's really benefited them. Yeah, to your point, normally the Wizards are not like the lucky beneficiary of any right? of these things. It's usually <laughs> like whatever can go wrong will go wrong, which sure. is why doing an overreaction pod in the first place like makes me kind of terrified that I'm just like, <laughs> I'm jinxing the whole team to go on a 17-game losing streak, but... Uh, I, if that happens, by the way, I will feel personally responsible and that might be the end of the podcast. So fair and warning can we beat Orlando this year? What do you think? That's is that possible? That's a tough question. You know, that, that the, the team is different in Wizards every way. killer, they're... Terrence Ross <laughs> or Alfred Payton had his career highs against us. Oh my God. It's uh, that will be, they're playing Orlando in two games, yep. right? The game after Cleveland, if they're able to beat Orlando and beat them handily, you know this is a different team. Mark my words. As crazy as that sounds, uh, I don't. They just can't beat that team, right? And sure. then we got the Hornets coming up, who they never beat in Charlotte, mm-hmm. which I'm planning on planning on going to that game. I'm be good. The last time they beat, I don't remember the every t- I go to the, the I go to the Charlotte game every single time. I don't remember when they've actually beaten them in Charlotte. It's been a while. So you're talking two really really important games that are really going to see where we're at as a squad. Ish Smith revenge game. Call it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that's the other thing to point at, at, at like what they've done so far is these are teams that people projected to be better than them. And they were still beating like most people I think would have said Memphis before the year had a chance to be better than the wizards other than like bullish wizards fans, but national media would have said, ah, ja, you know, like they're better. Talk about um, shutting a guy down. My God, that that was. I felt bad for him to be honest with you. Like he, he looked out of sorts. I, I really did. I, I never feel bad. For, I think I think we've been through enough to that's not true. feel bad for other teams. Yeah, that's you know, true. Memphis you know, might just... be close though. Like they had grit and grind, but other than that, it's like eh. yeah, they've they've had more success than we have uh, as of late. It's a very low bar, but it's I a very low bar. Uh, yeah, I mean they, they've got a favorable schedule coming up. Like Cleveland again has overachieved, but theoretically the wizard should be better than the Cavaliers. And I think this is, that's actually maybe the biggest test game of the season so far is that next game against the Cavs. All right. We just talked about how much credit Wes Unsell Jr. deserves for this. So uh, wizards lead Jason Carlos, Josh, somebody very long account name all said Wes Unsell Jr. will either win coach of the year or at least finish in the top three 
for voting. Again, I don't think that's an overreaction. If they Not keep, at all. like, I mean, no one's going to keep this pace up, but if they are a fifth seed in the playoffs, that dude's getting votes. Like, it's a guarantee. He's got to. He's got to. And, you know, I don't know if you're going to get to Tommy Shepard, but I mean, he should get votes too. Yep. And we talked about that before in the, when, I was, when I was on last. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you can see the difference in this team. And a, a blind man can see the difference in this team, right? And he is the first coach that I remember that actually said, we're going to focus on defense. And meant it. And meant it. And the players said it. And they have been forced to mean it as well, mm-hmm. right? How many times have we heard Bradley Beal say the same crap or focusing on defense? I mean, just roll your eyes at it. This every, every off season, you just, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, you're changing this. Here we so go. Working on, your, working on your three. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sure. Brad. Okay. Um, that the three didn't come to fruition, but at least Oops. the defense did. We got something out of it. And um, no, I, I think that he is, if they're in a yeah top four or five seed, absolutely. Um, who, who else would win it? It's yeah. I mean, I would have to look at some of the other teams that are overachieving. Like I actually, I think golden state's overachieving. Yeah, Honestly, that, I don't know how the hell they're doing. I mean, that that's definitely one Jordan, Jordan know, swaggy could, pool, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that he would definitely be consideration for that. And Tommy Shepard as well. I think Shepard is an even easier one again we, we talked about this when you were on before about the gm survey and him already getting some love from his coworkers about you know making making that trade in the first place and and i i think i said this at the time like you know does westbrook struggling make that trade even look better and i think so much of this is just narrative based that we probably really shouldn't factor in because he kind of had his hand forced a little bit but i think it will matter like if he struggles and that lakers thing does not work out People are going to look at Tommy Shepard and be like, God, this guy's a genius. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So, again, I don't think either of those are, are really um, particularly overreacting. Uh, this one, I do think this next one is overreacting, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Zahid and Adam Thomas both said that Bradley Beal will be in the MVP race. I started this with a Brad will uh, make a first team all NBA, which to me, I think it's a guarantee that the offensive numbers will turn around, and they already had the last two games. But if he plays like he did in the Bucks game and, and even that Grizzlies game where the ball moves, he has seven or eight assists, he shoots super efficiently, he doesn't take a ton of threes, but he makes them, and the guy's like slapping the floor defensively while like forcing turnovers, and they win. Does he do the lockdown move that I got he it. did? It's the best. Did you hear the <laughs> interview about that, by the way? Yeah. The, that's perfect. Uh, everyone yeah, go look that right. up. Chris Miller talked to him about it. And apparently that's Denny's thing in, in practice is just locking mm-hmm. people up and making locking them up to answer. No, there, there's no way Bradley Beal would, is, it would, would be able to win that. But yeah, first team, maybe I, again, I just go back to they're the wizards. Yeah. And when you're referring to a, a voting based system, wizards are not a part of the conversation, right? How many times did John Wall deserve to be on one of those first, second, or third teams and didn't make it? I mean, had crazy seasons, even did things in the playoffs. I know this aren't supposed to count. It's only regular season, but it's, I mean, Bradley Beal should have made one of the teams the year before last. He didn't, He was, you know, so he had to really scratch and claw just to make the third team. Um, and you're talking about a guy that was second in the league in scoring. 
if they are like the talk of the league, if they, I don't know, go crazy and win 55 games, 58 games, who the hell knows? Maybe that's a different situation, but they're not going to win that many games. So where are they? This is the oh, overreaction. I'm, I'm, no, I'm a 47 no, guy. Yeah. I'm sticking with 47. Yeah, I could feel it, but uh, it's um, yeah, that's the only way is that they are just like the toast of the league. They're the feel good story of the league. They're doing things that nobody saw coming, which they are currently, but I'm talking about throughout. Sure. It was the only way that he would even be considered for the MVP. And he's got to have crazy numbers to boot. So we've had so many like rough years as a fan base that I just thought, Hey, let's lean into them being good for a change. Let's have fun with this. That was supposed to be the whole point. And you've got some like Twitter clown coming at me like, well, actually Beal's defensive wind shares are lower this year. His overall wind shares are lower this year. Get so, the hell out of here. Uh, you know, he's been less great this year than last year. Has he year. actually watched the games? Like but you got to watch them. It's, it's an eye exactly. test. You can yep. see the difference. Yep. I don't give a shit what the numbers say. If, if, some advanced stat. He is a significantly better defender this Not year, close. and yeah. as is the whole team. Yep. And he's taking it upon himself, finally, as the leader of the team, or you know, maybe not vocal leader, or you know, or whatever, however you want to herald, maybe. But he is the star of the team, and if he's not doing it, nobody's going to do it. And I've said that from the beginning when Beal wasn't taking, has never taken defense seriously until the playoffs, really. And it's a, it's a snowball effect. Wall, when he was here, never took it seriously. Gortat wanted to kill this man. Wall had you a know, like two year stretch where he gave a shit, and then he got a big contract, and defense was never an issue ever again. Like it was just never mentioned by him. He gave a shit for maybe one out of every four games, right. and then how many backup point guards urinated on him? <laughs> but he got you reach know? around steals, so <laughs> it looked good. Uh, yeah, so I don't even remember the account name, but Twitter idiot. Watch the game and then come see me if you want to come at me about how Brad has actually been worse this year. Like, that's idiotic. No one yeah. who has ever watched a basketball game and understood what's happening on the screen could watch what Brad did, especially the last couple games, and think he's regressed from last season. Oh, it doesn't average 30 points a game anymore. Like, just just shut up with that shit. This team is more about the eye test than any other team yeah. you'll ever see. You have to watch the games. And I guarantee that guy that's on there prep maybe watched one or two. And they were probably the losses that they had, you know. So hey, look, as guys that watch every single game and watch them sometimes twice, you know, as sad as that is, I um, you know, there's no denying how this team looks and, and how infinitely better they are in every facet of basketball outside of their three-point shooting. Uh, well, actually, their three-point shooting sucked last year, but I'm saying their their offensive output mm -hmm. will have some lulls and things. But when you're talking about the defensive end, it's, I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? I mean, this team goes as it, as the shooting goes, I think. And, and you mm -hmm. see, like last night, if they had not been particularly good from three, they'd probably lose that game. And I think that that was actually like the one thing they did better than, than Milwaukee. So the one guy uh, that we hoped would have a bounce back year and make some threes and help them out. Granted he's been hurt, but uh, the next potential overreaction, maybe, maybe not. It's from Cali drafts that said, I wouldn't be mad if Bertans gets zero minutes for the rest of the season. Uh, this was your boy. This was your bold prop. Not on this podcast. Not okay. on this. <laughs> there you go. Look, um, you know, yeah. If he doesn't get minutes, I, I really like Hispert's game. Um, I think he's, he's, I love those scrappy guys. Mm -hmm. He seems like a scrappy guy. 
He could take potentially take minutes from Bruton's. I wouldn't be against the idea of trading him, but who the hell is going to trade for him? You got to build him up to trade him. You got no you one to build him, him up. Yeah. You can't not play him zero minutes. Right. Um, and, you know, before his ankle injury, we were seeing him do a lot of different things outside of just shooting 50 yeah. footers. You know, um, I don't think you've seen the last of Bruton's and I'm going to stick to that. He is a very capable shooter. We all know this. Um, and you know, there have been games here that he's gotten this team going again. I, you know, we've had 10 games. I can't remember pinpoint them. I promise it happened, but like there was one in particular in like the third or fourth game. And I can't remember who they played either, but he hit like three threes, like in the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter and like jump started the offense. Right. And what it was the, uh, was it the Boston game that he, yeah. no, 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 first, no, no. First, it, first no, Boston game. No, it was the Indiana game. Okay. The overtime yeah, yeah. game. He hit that huge three yeah. he, when, when he was uh, when they uh, Wes Unseld was bringing in Denny for defense and him mm-hmm. for offense and that whole thing, which was amazing, which, by the way. Amazing. I mean, I, not, I haven't seen that. I mean, come on, yeah. but incredible. And <laughs> something so simple is like blowing us away. Oh, you know? <laughs> <we love it. laughs> but, you know, and, and something so simple is like, oh, my God, we, we've had two overtime games. You're actually subbing people in during the overtime. Oh, figure. Did you, or is that, was that, I didn't know that was allowed. Apparently mm-hmm. it is. I had never Did seen you know? it in my time here. So, <laughs> so, you know, just little stupid things like that, but no, he, there has, the offense has been stagnant. Davis has walked in and hit a couple threes and gotten things going again. Um, and he's there for that. He is, you know, he's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but he does what he needs to do. And, and I think that he is stepped up his defense significantly his rebounding, he's getting scrappy out there too. They're all doing it. And he just needs to be more consistent at three. We all know this. I think he got closer to like Spurs, Bertans, you know, where like he mm-hmm. was just the momentum guy, specialist, uh, you know, floor spacer, but he scrapped just enough and tried to get a few rebounds. And, you know, like that's probably the sweet spot there. Like granted, he's only shooting like 33% from three and averaging six points a game. Okay, the volume goes up a little bit. You know, maybe you feature him a little bit here. If he gets to 11 points a game on 40% shooting in limited minutes, he makes a rebound or two, he plays a little D. That makes him tradable, in my opinion. Someone will take a shot on that, that you've at least rehabbed his image enough. Someone can convince themselves. And And, and it's it's probably going to be more somebody that is is going for a title, right? And that is like, all right, our three-point shooting is lacking a little What's bit. What's up, Philly? Where are you at? Yeah, Philly, right. There you go. There's one. But it's going to be a tough trade yeah. just because of his contract and his limited ability to do anything but shoot threes. But some people like that, and that's why he got paid so much money because people like shooting threes. I'm going to lump these next couple together here. Uh, Charlie Bunce said Trez for sixth man again. Uh, Joshua Weber said uh, Montrez has been our best offseason acquisition since Gilbert. So to me, Harold's actually been the best player on the Wizards, like cumulative through 10 games. Like Brad agree, had a couple yeah. stinkers, but uh, he's at 18 points a game, just about just a shade under nine rebounds and 1.2 blocks. And again, I think he's been serviceable defensively. And I just, the emotional leadership, you know, the energy he provides. Like, I think you can't underrate what that is. And you talked about the, you know, the physical play suiting a player. Like Harold's going in and is like dropping a shoulder into people and like, love it. Yeah. I mean, 
he's been huge. So uh, I think you could definitely see a guy that's like on basketball references, top 10 for MVP. Like, I think that <laughs> guarantees uh, at least you're in consideration for sixth man. And honestly, I, I thought about the, is he our best off season acquisition since Gilbert question kind of hard. And I couldn't really come up with a better. Um, I mean, they're, you know, Jameson, like Jameson's. I was going to say Jameson. Yeah. But Butler, yeah, of course, Ron Butler, but it just in terms of, you know, at least the last couple years, I mean, Gortat is like an underrated, uh, trade, Very underrated. trade that, yeah. that Ernie made in my opinion. And actually Ernie made a couple pretty darn good trades as much as I hate saying that. And Trevor Reza, all those guys, I mean, had pretty big impacts, but the fact that he's like close enough to be in consideration, um, and he came with five other guys that also you could maybe make a case for. Mm-hmm. I think he's a part of the best offseason move the Wizards have made. Oh, no doubt Gilbert. about that. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, considering they got Dinwiddie with that because of the open yeah. cap space, you have to think about not just the trade with the Lakers. I mean, the additional mm-hmm. pieces that they got as well. Um, you know, Holiday, I guess he's. You know, he, he's it was he's his best game last night. It was well because he's playing his brother, right? He only. He only <laughs> The, the games that he plays his brothers, he, he gets yeah. like 30 minutes for some yeah. reason. Um, no, but he's been fine. I mean, as a third backup, uh, as a third point guard. I think yeah, he's leading I, the team in three-point percentage right now, if I remember. He correctly. seems to always hit his threes. Yeah, he's like I, just a shade under 50%, which if yeah. he keeps that up and plays decent defense, throw him out there. Totally. You know, so I can't disagree with this. The best offseason the Wizards have ever had. I mean, it, when you get five players essentially for one, that's a pretty, and they're all being productive in their own way. Of course, it's the best off season you've ever had. You're not trading a one for one or, you know, getting to whatever draft picks, this and that. Um, and they got a draft pick from it as well. Right. So no, this is, if we're talking strictly wizards, I, I can't think of a better trade that the wizards have made or better off season, off season acquisitions in total than this year. Yeah. So so Josh, I think, uh, you know, on a macro sense, he is a part of the best acquisition. Charlie, I think I'm with you. I think like if he does this for a whole year, he's a six man of the year. Top three to be. guy for sure. And he's already won it. Don't forget yeah, that. that. So helps. that already puts him in the conversation. Yep. Right? Again, it, that's like career achievement award number yeah. two, right? I mean, oh, well, Lou Williams, uh, is he still in the league? Let's give him one. <laughs> There's like three guys that can win in the NBA. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, like Jordan Clarkson will finish top three, even yeah. if he, even if he has no like chance or no reason to be there. So uh, yeah, but, he's he's got more of a chance than anybody. Any of these lists, and we that's what we went through in the first go round, and he was my choice as sixth man of the year. Made the most sense to me because he's already won it. So, you know that automatically puts you in there. Just like when you win anything else, you're automatically yep. in that conversation, even if you don't necessarily deserve to be, but you're he on does the deserve list. to be. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. And and I zagged on that one a little bit when we did this question the first time. And my answer was, should like Kuzma was, was the guy I thought would win it because I expected Rui to start. I was really all in on Kuzma. And I thought, you know, if he was doing what he's doing now, but off the bench, like that would give him a real shot at an award like this. Um, we got a ton of people that suggested as their reaction that Kuzma should win most improved. And based on his play, like, I don't think that's an overreaction. He won't win it because he had a better statistical season early in his LA tenure. 
And I don't think they'll like consider from last year to this year only, but I think has been really good. I mean, the rebounding is insane to me. I did not yeah. expect that in any way, shape or form. He does a little bit of everything, you know, and his, his like you said, his rebounding is fantastic. His defense is the thing that's really stuck out to me. Yeah. His three point shooting has been very consistent for the most part. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's had, yeah. yeah, he's had a couple of games that he's had some stinkers in there. The typically the ones that they've lost, but everybody was shooting like shit in those games. So, <laughs> right. you know, the, the Brooklyn game th- that was painful to watch. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. You know, he was, I don't think he hit a shot in that game, you yeah, know, he so thought it, he thought he was KD. Like I'm going to yeah, prove right. I'm new KD. <laughs> And that's one thing that I don't like about Kuzma. He is, and I'd, I'd like pretty much everything about him, but I think that he thinks that he's better than he is. Yeah. And when play, when guys play like that, it's like a shitty driver thinking, going out and playing, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go drive a NASCAR. You know, it's not going to work. No. You, you kind of have to play within yourself. And he doesn't, that's one guy that I feel like kind of thinks he's better than he is and can, and he's constantly driving the basket kind of doing the Beal thing where the ball's getting stolen from him, the whole thing. And it's always kind of messy. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the one thing I don't like about him, but everything else, I think that he's, he's been a very pleasant surprise. I think he thinks he's what most people think KD is. And that's like this seven foot guard. Who's like breaking people down off the dribble and crossing guys up as he hits step backs. Like he does not play like KD doesn't play the way Luca does. He dribbles mm-hmm. at most like three times and he's like very efficient, like one, two jumper, you know, like, yeah. like that's what Exerts you want. From- very little, um, you know, any kind, he, I mean, he doesn't really get tired out there, right? right? No energy has been wasted. He just, yep. well, you know, that impossible shot that he takes and nobody can block it. He takes more catch and shoot jumpers than I think people think of because those aren't the cool ones, you know, where mm-hmm. he's like shooting a fadeaway over somebody, but right. like, that's where Kuzma should be trying to be. Again, I'm not saying he should emulate KD, but the less dribbles is better. Catch and shoots are good. Oh, I I have, um, who did he have? Oh, he had Pat Connaughton on him for stretches last night. And that's the one where you were talking about where he finally went to the basket. I'm like, yes. <laughs> finally be, converted. Be bigger than Pat Connaughton. Like that's right. all we want from you. He thinks that he has better control of the basketball than he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a big guy. He's got a lot of space in between, you know, dribbling and all that. So, of course, you know, it, I just think he needs to play more within himself and his abilities, um, kind of like how KCP does. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he almost big goes. KCP. Yeah, he exactly. You know, he knows what he is capable of. Sometimes nothing. Sometimes I'm just going to kill you on defense. But he knows like. This is what I'm capable of. I can probably do a little bit more, but I'm not going to overstep my boundaries. I think Kuzma's best role actually is not as a three. It's what we want Thomas Bryant to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, almost like a small ball five floor spacer, but he's going to play better defense. He's actually going to physically rebound. Like I think those have been some of his best minutes where, especially when Gafford was out, they Mm -hmm. let him kind of be Harold's backup almost. Yeah. And he was great in that role, which again was surprising me. I thought he'd be softer than he is, but he's the number one reason why I never want to see anybody's offseason workout videos ever again. <laughs> he looks like God sham God, you know, like dribbling between his legs and pulling out these <laughs> like he's doing and one street ball moves during these like summer workouts. And then right. you see Kuzma in the regular season and it looks like he's dribbling with his fists. So <laughs> To me, it's just like, no, just do what you do and like slightly get better at those things and you'll Mm -hmm. be huge. Yeah. 
no, totally agree. Uh, all right. The next one here is a little bit of a, it's one of the few negative ones that we got, but it was like kind of too funny not to. Um, from Sean Livingston, I presume, on Twitter, which is a very good <laughs> account name. Um, <laughs> I presume. Uh, Brad should never shoot another three again. Uh, that that just like kind of made me LOL because he has been really bad and uh, he's at 25% for the season. It's almost like someone's put like a voodoo hex on him and maybe it's Drew Hanlon. I don't know. But uh, do you, is that an overreaction based on what you've seen from Brad shooting? I've yelled in during games, stop shooting the effing basketball. Absolutely. I'm not saying he should never shoot a three again, but there are some games that it's just like, what are you doing? You can obviously go to the basket. Do that. Let's do that instead of just chucking up threes because you're too lazy to go to the basket or whatever the reason, or you you're trying to show that you are a good three point shooter, whatever's going through your mind. Um, no, it, it'll come back. I think his three point percentage has definitely dipped year after year after year, but he's also not a catch and shoot three point shooter anymore. Right. He is a three point shooter that has to create his own shot, which is mm-hmm. totally different. So of course your percentages are going to go down. Uh, he doesn't have John Wall kicking it out to him wide open in, in the corner all day. So um, I think he needs to be smarter about what threes he takes. And one, you know, I was watching the game yesterday. So I think it was like right after the Gafford, one of the Gafford alley-oops and the crowd's going crazy and everything. And Beal always takes it upon himself to take a horrible three a just to take three, the air yeah. out of the building right. immediately. Yeah. If he, he hits that ball cr- moment. <laughs> if the crowd, if he hits that crowd goes crazy, right? Yeah. But he, when was the last time he's actually hit one of those? It's the weirdest thing. Like, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, let's let's get this thing rolling a little bit. That is the worst shot you could take. Who told you you could take that shot? I he guess. went from taking Kyle Corver threes to Dame Lillard threes. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. Like, you don't have to just be a spot-up shooter. But maybe Dinwiddie can get you, like, a couple free looks where you don't have to dribble seven times right. before you shoot it. He is the point guard after all. It's kind of his job, right? Um, well, whatever. You know, I, I've I've accepted that Beal's not going to be the same shooter that he was. He's worked on so many different aspects of his game. It's an impossibility that he's going to be able to be just amazing at everything on the offensive side. But, you know, he yeah, if he's not hitting them, stop shooting them. You're not. That's that goes for like, you know, shooters keep shooting like Bertans. That's all you do. OK, well. Keep trying to shoot. Eventually, hopefully they'll go in. You do other things well, very well. So use those tools and stop shooting the things that aren't working. Stop doing them just just for this game. And I think this is one of those things, too, where, again, he's been better about this the last couple games where he's not taking nine threes. But if if everyone's saying that the ball, the new ball is somewhat of an issue and it's slippery and when it gets sweaty, you know, it's really like slick. Are they saying that? Yeah, that's the part of the defense of the league as a whole being down like 10% from three is just the new ball is crappy. Um, But guess what? If everyone is struggling to shoot threes and you don't need to shoot threes to be effective, don't shoot threes. You've got other guys that are better at it than you. Right. Right. Exactly. So what are you trying to prove? Win the damn game. Who gives a shit how it happens? I I agree. Um, This was not... uh, a comment we got to, to discuss here, but I just want to segue a little bit back into Dinwiddie um, since, since he came up there. 
his knee has got to still be bothering him, whether it's actually like a structural issue there, or it's just he's tentative about having had a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he hit that massive shot in the Bucks game, which was, was very good to see. But he looks more passive, and I, I don't know if that's still trying to find a niche or settling into a role next to Beal, like what's really causing that. But, um, you know, I, I looked around at one of the games of the night, and I asked the other media guys, like, is he on a minutes restriction or something? Because he's only playing about 25 minutes right. a game. And, and they have not said publicly that that's the case. But, you know, he's not playing on the second night of most back-to-backs. And he said in an interview before the year or, or one of the preseason media sessions that um, he thought, quote, the Wizards medical staff was being overly cautious with him as they had him on a two year plan to two? fully two year <laughs> plan to fully rehab this knee, which I actually like them taking a long term perspective with a guy who they've made a big investment to. Like Gilbert Arena said on this podcast that no one with the wizard staff gave him any kind of things to follow. And the ones, the things they did tell him to do, he just didn't do. And no one ever followed up with him. I was going to say, well, he, would he have followed them anyway? And, and he was very open about like, I did nothing to rehab that other than just like give it some time and then ran my ass back out there. So um, I appreciate that they're going the other way with this, but that, that makes me think like, okay, well, maybe there is something there if they're kind of slowly easing him back into things. Because he he's not been the guy I think we expected him to be for most of the season. He's still averaging like 17 and five or something, which isn't bad, but he's had two kind of like real clunkers in the last couple. And it's starting to make me a little nervous. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I was thinking the same thing yesterday. He was pretty much non-existent outside of that three point. And, and you know, he is the anti Beal when it comes to hitting big shots. So maybe that's what he's there for. I don't know. Um, you know, he is, he can actually, he seems to play his best basketball in the closing minutes of the game. That is a huge positive because sure. we need a guy like that. Yeah. However, when Beal was out in the Indiana game, I mean, he scored 34 points. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that he's capable of doing it. He's just deferring to Beal for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, he knows kind of his role. And I think that he's trying to, figure out what his role is, um, which, you know, 10 games in is kind of understandable and never being, never playing with him before. Um, but at the same time, I, I was thinking the same thing. He seems like he's not playing a lot. And with the back-to-back thing, there probably is some kind of, uh, I mean, being what, nine months removed from blowing out your knee, it's actually pretty amazing that he's even playing to begin with. Mm-hmm. So they should be careful with him. Look what they did with Wall. They, I think he was on a 19 sure. year plan or something. Yeah. So everything broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so it doesn't surprise me that they are being cautious with him, but you know, he's still playing. He's still uh, being somewhat effective. I wish that he would, you know, his ability to get to the basket is concerning to me mm-hmm. because he was so much better before the knee injury. It seemed like with the nets and he really needs to be able to get that back. And if he can't, you know, we, Maybe in, in some trouble there, and he, and him him playing old man ball and shooting threes isn't gonna be good for us down the road. And maybe that's where the two year thing comes in because you do hear guys like, all right, the first year you are physically healthy enough to play, mm-hmm. and then you hear like, it wasn't until the second year that I felt confident enough that it was right. sound, you know, structurally sound enough for me to do all the things I want to do. So I'm hoping that that's the case. And everybody that, says that absolutely. If it's uh, an Achilles tear. Yeah. 
uh, um, ACL tear, whatever. And, you know, I'm sure there's some swelling that's happening that always seems to happen after, you know, after mm-hmm. the year, uh, even he, again, he's not even a full year removed from it. Sure. He's getting swelling. I'm sure there's some kind of pain there, but, and so goes concern because he's like, Oh my God, I'm going to blow my knee out again. And, you know, and, and doctors are telling him it's, it's, you know, you're, you're in fluid in your knee that this is, this is stand, this is normal stuff, but it's got to mess with your head too. You know, he worked his ass off to come back from a blown out knee to be playing again. And when you see your knee is full of fluid and they're, they're draining that out. I'm not, I'm just assuming that they're doing that because that seems to be a constant theme. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's got to mess with your head. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, all right. This is the last one I have on my list here. And this is a strictly Matt Moderno overreaction. The wizard should only go after players from the St. Louis area when they're, when they're picking up guys, <laughs> uh, obviously, obviously Larry, obviously Brad, uh, but Jordan Goodwin has been like the destroyer of worlds through two games in the G League so far. Uh, I know I'm one G of the, I, I know I'm one of the few psychos <laughs> that are actually watching this. But again, I'm going to be a homer and say go to a go-go game. They're very fun. So far in his two games, he has 32 points and eight rebounds in game one, and 29 points and eight rebounds in game two. And he's shooting around 50% from three, with a couple mm. steals, a couple blocks, three or four assists a game. And has just looked like leagues better than everyone else at the G League level so far, pretty much. Uh, so oh, that's that's a positive. And as St. Louis's own Jordan Goodwin, who uh, if you aren't familiar with Jordan, we did a pod with him over the summer uh, worth checking out. But he's like athletic. He has some upside. He's making shots. And if you look at the guys on a two way like Cassius Stanley or Cassius Stanley, Cassius Winston is out right now. I'm going to say Cassius Clay for a second. That would, you know? that would be good too. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put him on a two-way. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'd, he'd do all right. Uh, Cassius Winston on a two-way Cassius contract, Winston. who is mm-hmm. not playing right now, hasn't looked like an NBA player thus far. Not saying he talk won't. about Talk about old man basketball. My exactly. God. You know? He's not overly athletic, and he hasn't been shooting well at the NBA level. So to me, if I'm going to give a guy a two-way, it's somebody like Jordan where, okay, the knock on him is the shooting. Well, Shot looks pretty damn good right now, and he is an NBA athlete. So those are the kinds of guys I want to see them continue to take chances on. Okay, so I apologize for being completely unaware of what's going on in the and I and I sandbagged you with this one too, but I I I had to give him like a little shout out there. No, that's great. Hey, what position does he play? I don't know. Is he point guard? Was uh yeah, he's technically a point guard, but he was like Russell Westbrook at the Atlantic Ten level last year at St. Louis. Um, like. Super good guard rebounder. He had like multiple triple doubles. He's not he's not been a great shooter historically, but it looks really good. And he said he worked with Brad some in the offseason. He's known Brad for like a decade because they're St. Louis guys. St. Louis, like, of course. So I should just that's why I think we should just take everybody off of Brad's like AAU team and try to bring <laughs> them here. That's our farm system now. Is the Bradley Beal elite? Hey, well, if somebody gets hurt, you know, it's possible, right? Yep. Uh, Neto, I'm sure he's, you know, always, something's always hanging off of him, you know, sure. so I'm sure. Um, but Hey, we will see. That's, that's a good thing that we have potential players in this go-go thing seems to be working out pretty well. We'll take it. Um, you know, they've been pretty active about using it. Isaiah Todd's getting some minutes. He looked really good in game one. He looked very good for the first four minutes of game two, and then not at all the rest of the time. Uh, but even when he drew good and loves Isaiah Todd, like he loves him. He reminds him of a young drew Gooden, which is either uh, yes. good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Um, I don't know either. 
But but Todd, when he couldn't make shots the other night and he was fumbling the ball and all kinds of stuff, he was scrappy as shit defensively still. And being like near him in person, he's really big. And like the guy's got a crazy wingspan. He's a real good athlete. He was throwing down like crazy windmills and warm up. And they play on eight foot rims in, in the, G, the G League, right? Actually, the rim is at knee <laughs> level and they have to bend down really low and dunk it through like a nerf hook. Play with Fisher, hoop, Fisher yeah. Price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Just kid. Just kid. And it's a smaller ball. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's looked good. Um, Kyrie Walker was a name that I think a lot of fans locally were excited about. Um, former number one high school recruit. Again, had a really good first game. Uh, I would say struggled in the second game and then just sort of like disappeared into the background, which is probably not what you want. But, uh, you know, Jaime Eshenike that was on the summer league team is like third in there, third in the G League in rebound so far. So they're at least taking shots on guys that maybe eventually have the ability to fill a role for them, which is all you can ask for. And maybe develop them Go like figure. Scott Brooks did. Scott, like, exactly. you know, this is another box. Scott Brooks plan because he was a big <laughs> proponent of the G League team. So thank you, Scott. He was. See, he's always thinking three steps ahead than everybody else. Future coach of the year, Scott Brooks. The only way he can be coach of the year is by not being a coach. Exactly. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> That's the best thing I mean, <laughs> he did for this franchise is leave uh, or be told to leave. Uh, all right, Matt, that was my list. Do you have any overreactions of your own that you would like to close us out here with? Yeah, I mean, the conversation that we had privately. I said 47 wins, I think, after three games. Yep. I'm going to stick to that. I don't think that's much of an overreaction. I think that's definitely in their grasp. Um, if Beal gets hurt or, you know, God forbid, or something like that, obviously that'll change. But um, they've been able to keep together with having the injuries of their own outside and even Beal missing a game, which they won. Um, I think that they can, Beal misses a couple games here and there, Dinwiddie misses a couple games, and... Yeah, I think 47 wins is, is a pretty reasonable number at this point. I think the uh, the goalpost is moving backwards. That could forwards. be an underreaction at this point, given given where we are right now. And and, well, and the best thing about doing this as a podcast topic is because it sums up DC fandom. It's like we have a really good week. Like last week when they lost a couple after the Toronto game, I was like, I told you they were frauds. And now it's like so depressing. Are we? <laughs> are we NBA favorites? Like the, the champion, like championship favorites. And I really, really don't want this to happen, but from a, like a content standpoint, if Cleveland just beat the tar out of them, it would be like the best content thing I could do to come out and do like an overreactions pod, but have them all be negative as like a direct <laughs> follow up. Well, um, I, I will say this, the Toronto game, they got royally screwed in that game. Yeah. The refs that, bad. Oh my God. The refs were horrible in that game and they were co- coming in. Well, it would have been a two-point game, and then they called that uh, that uh, uh, goaltending that was not two a bad foul calls, a technical, a goal. And, they, and it, they were just they were done after that. You know, they were pissed off. They were these guys are screwing us over. And then, I mean, if we're in the Atlanta game, was just I mean, they couldn't hit shots. And you know, that's going to happen yeah. throughout the season. You're sometimes you're just not going to hit shots, and that's how if you can't hit shots, it's very difficult to win. But I think this team is so diverse and get to the basket. They've got pretty good shooting. They've got the defense that they can always hang back on. I think 47 wins is reasonable. I think that they could win more, but I got to stick with 47 because that was my number to start. Uh, Just one last thing on that Toronto game. I tweeted out from the Bulls Forever account during that game that 
they were being screwed. And all of the Toronto fans, those maple syrup guzzling weirdos, uh, <laughs> all jumped on me and said, how could you think the Wizards got screwed in this game? The Raptors got called for more fouls. Well, that's a tell me you didn't watch the game without telling me you didn't watch the game because like Nick Nurse said in their pregame, their entire game plan with the Wizards was to be as physical as possible and dare them to make shots and not give them anything around the rim. So your coach has said, we are going to go out and play bully ball with people. And then you're shocked that you got whistled for more fouls. Like that's, that's again, just having like low basketball IQ, probably as a country. And let's be honest, as a country. Kawhi Jr. Kawhi kind of <laughs> you know walked them backwards into a into a title. I'm just saying. Well, well, here's the thing though, it's not just how many fouls it is; it's the timeliness of those fouls. I mean, sure. those or or those just not even fouls, just horrific calls or mm-hmm. no calls. And you know, they couldn't come back from that, and it happens. You know, they're gonna more times than not, it's gonna happen to the Wizards as we've seen over the years. But um, and and. We know, ever, ever playing Toronto, some of the craziest games they've ever played, the endings just don't make sense a lot. I mean, that wasn't really one of them. We just got screwed. Sure. Um, and I don't even know if they would have won that game, but they would have been. It would have been a lot better than one hundred nine to one hundred. I'm just looking forward to the season. I, you know, there's the, my beloved Washington football team. Whatever love I have left for them, it's it's a it's a wrap there. At least I have the Wizards to look forward to. And, you know, it's a, almost a nightly occurrence, which is fantastic. I have finally convinced my wife to make the switch from the Washington football team to join me on the Ravens uh, bandwagon here. And it was how could begr- you? she's begrudgingly done this. But I, I think all of the sexual harassment stuff has has given her a clear conscience to just leave that um, that cluster, uh, that cluster well, of a franchise I don't I don't blame her for that. I don't blame her for that. But I will say. Um, every Sunday I am somewhat of a Ravens fan because I have Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown on my fantasy team. So, um, I, one last thing before the the worst loss I've ever had in fantasy football was week one. Okay. Okay. So this is what happened. Your Ravens were going into overtime against the Raiders against, against the Raiders, which should have never happened because the Raiders should have scored and the game should have been whatever. Okay. They didn't, it's just a disaster. The worst thing that can happen in fantasy football is overtime. When Lamar it's a very threw a tight pick. Game. Lamar fumbled. fumbled. I was up. Right. I was up by one point three points in overtime. He fumbled the freaking ball, and I lost by point six because of him. I'll never forgive him for that. That's so I just want to let you know. But he's been halfway decent for me this year, and but my team's still terrible because I have Christian McCaffrey, who was because mm-hmm. I had the number one overall pick, which is a death sentence in itself. But anyway. This I'm is a basketball and, show, and I apologize. I'm seven and one in my only league that I care about, my work league, and oh, wow. just dominating all of the nerds that I work with. <laughs> and I have like by far the most points. And the only week I I lost, the, like the second best team had like an outrageous week. But uh, I have Russell Wilson on my team, and I have Derrick oh. Henry on my team, oh. and I can literally just keep going down the list of people that have died <laughs> in the middle of the season. Um, so my my team is literally. Uh, just like a skeleton emoji at this point. So seven and one is great, but you, you got some tough times coming is what you're saying. I might finish seven and seven at this point. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'll not make the playoffs. Uh, all right. Anyway, Matt, thank you for doing this. The The team is fun. I thought this was fun. I, I thought as far, you know, as well, far we, as I hope topics, other people think it's fun. I don't well, know. 
I don't actually care. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. No, no disrespect to anyone who took the hour plus to listen to this, but uh, it's just nice to be able to talk positively about the team. So even if you didn't enjoy this one, it'll still hold a special place in my heart. Well, hey, that's great. And yes, screw whoever's listening. I'm just kidding. No, thank you for listening. And, you know, I, it is honestly more entertaining when the Wizards are bad, <laughs> but, and usually that's when I'm talking about the team. Um, and now they're good, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to say good, good adjacent. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, sure. but, you know, it's tough to pick at them right now. You know, I mean, they, they are a, they're a squad to be reckoned with and we should all be happy about that. We just, the podcast just won't be as entertaining. Sorry. Uh, for everybody who stuck with us this long, thank you. It was fun to overreact <laughs> in a positive way for a change. Hopefully we have no reason to overreact in a negative way. They can keep the momentum going. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, this has been a Matt and Matt production here. So uh, we'll have Matt back on. Uh, that was super fun. Matt, thanks again for the time, buddy. My pleasure is always, Matt. Anytime you need me. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done